Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's so good to have you here as we begin another show to talk about our favorite subject, which is, of course, YouTube and growing a YouTube channel. Now, I said last show that I was going to have a guest this show. Well, things didn't work out the way I had planned, but we do have a guest next week. So I thought I'd do a question and answer show, which was the easiest way to fix an issue about programming. And I have some really good questions that have come across. And actually, some of them I've pulled from some of the groups and forums that I belong to because I thought they were they represented many of the questions we often get. And some of those questions are, of course, how do I attract viewers to my channel? How do I get more comfortable in front of a camera, in front of the camera? How do you plan for your content? Are you weekly, monthly? How do you go about it? And I have some good thoughts there. I always notice a lot of people sharing their milestones in the various forums and Facebook groups. And, you know, people get excited for different reasons. And I want to talk about those milestones because everybody has a different reason to go after a different milestone. And I want to talk about them because I think it's important. It helps keep us moving along the way, but there are more considerations. Another question is, can I have more than one niche? Can I have a channel about multiple topics? We'll talk about that. Another person asked about metrics and what should we be looking at as we grow our channel. And there is this topic of glitches that people are taking advantage of. Is that a real thing? Let's talk about that too. So the first question comes from a new YouTuber and it's a very common question and it doesn't always just come from new YouTubers. It's from Jay and he asks, how do I attract viewers to my channel? Now, there are a number of ways we can do it. We can take the reins ourselves and try to find people out on the internet who might be interested in our channel. We'll talk about that in a moment. We can depend on YouTube to help us, which I highly recommend to work with YouTube. Now, I, I want to address a number of these ideas because I mean, there's a lot of topics that we can cover here, but I want to kind of get to the core of it. Look, most people don't want to switch platforms. They want to be where they want to be. People on Instagram want to be on Instagram. People on YouTube want to be on YouTube and the same with the other social media platforms. So going after people on other platforms can be tough, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work all the time. You have to be very specific. For example, if you're in a specific subreddit or a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group and there's a very specific topic and you have videos that can answer people's questions that they're asking and you have been involved in the group and people know who you are. In other words, people aren't going to get mad that you're supporting them in some way by spamming with your videos. In other words, you're part of a group People know your name, and when you share the link to your video, it really means you're trying to help. That can drive some sincere traffic and views to your videos. Now, the question is, will they subscribe? Perhaps if they're avid YouTube users, they just happen to be on Reddit and saw your link and went to YouTube, and they love YouTube, and they know to subscribe, maybe hit that bell icon, it can work out. 
you can use your own blog. I use my blog all the time to drive traffic or even an email list. But it's really important that everything is related, that that blog is about the niche you're talking about on YouTube. And again, that does not guarantee that people will come over to YouTube permanently and regularly watch you, but the chances are much higher. If you have a email list, that can work really well. I collect emails through my YouTube channels, and that works the best when it comes to driving traffic to YouTube because these are people who are on YouTube and actually wanted more information from YouTube, and I drove traffic back to YouTube from people who already like YouTube. So that works. However, like I said, you need to be very intentional and not just spam everywhere you can. You do need to make sure that your niche matches the niche of the area that you're working on to develop new traffic to your channel. But the very best of best ways, most certainly, is to work with YouTube and provide content that maybe is searchable. That's one of the best ways to go about it. Now, that's harder to do if you're an entertainment channel, but if you're a how-to explainer channel, well then yes, absolutely. Try to develop your YouTube SEO skills, and there are a number of great videos out there. Maybe that's something we should dive into again on this podcast. But understanding that YouTube has traffic to give to you can really help you understand that working with YouTube and listening, and we're going to get into the metrics in a few moments because that's a question that we have, but letting YouTube suggest your videos and developing a good strategy, often playlists are a great way to develop that suggested strategy. But there are two main areas in which YouTube can help you, search and suggested. And of course, suggested could be browse also, which is your homepage. But people have been kind of separating those two areas and looking at home as its own thing and suggested as another. They're, they're related, but in a sense, they're two different audiences because suggested can be a brand new audience where home tends to be your already developed audience. People who've recently seen your videos and very possibly just might want to see your next video. The next question is from Carlos, and he's asking how can he get more comfortable in front of the camera? And quite honestly, it really is just getting in front of the camera. And just because you record something doesn't mean you have to upload it. Record and watch yourself. Record and watch yourself and see if you can pick up on the things you need to fix. Get rid of the ums. I mean, there are things that I say, like I'll say and or, you know, things like that that will drag out the moment for me to think to the next thing. And when I can, when it makes sense, I will actually cut that out. I'll edit that out. But if you can speak to the camera with fewer of those odd moments, pauses, uncomfortable situations, it'll be easier one to edit down the road. But, you know, you'll start to see that you're more casual. You're not a stiff. you just you. And that's ultimately what you're trying to get at, especially on YouTube. You want to be you. And the more you you can be, in other words, uniquely you, but comfortably uniquely you, and it's obvious that you're not trying to be someone else, 
you're, you're going to do, do much better on YouTube. So practice a few times in front of the camera. Maybe don't even hit the record button. Just go through your script or your bullet points a few times, maybe five, even 10 times before you hit the record button and then record it three or four or five times and review between each session and take a look and see what it is that you could do a little bit better and see if you do a little bit better each time, see where you need to relax. Sometimes I, I get caught up and I'll fumble over words. We all do that. It's okay. You can re-record or edit that out, but sometimes you just keep fumbling over the same thing. My recommendation is to switch up those words, switch up the way you begin the sentence, and you'd be amazed how often just by switching a couple words around or how you begin that sentence will help you flow a little bit better because obviously you're getting stuck somewhere in your brain and it just it's just not working. So you need to change something, but still say the same thing, and then after you've done that, upload your video. And you may get some reactions. Maybe share it with a few friends and say, hey, what is it that I could do better with my videos? And then upload again. And there I go. That's my my, my pause, my end. And I say that a lot. There are a lot of that we all do these things. But get the feedback and you will find that it'll be 25, maybe 50 or more videos before you're totally you, your style, who you are on YouTube. It could take even more videos than that, but you have to keep going and refining. We are always evolving and you're no different. I've shared the story many times. When I first started my YouTube channels about four years ago, as in getting involved in YouTube on a regular basis, I already had book tours and speaking on stage under my belt. I, I had a podcast for many years that was still going strong. I had spent time on video and YouTube, but to have a regular channel was a little bit different. And I figured, no problem at all. This is going to be so smooth. And of course, when you look at my first videos, they're very flat. They're very dry. There's not a lot of depth to them. And I had to bring that out, and I still have more to improve. We always do. Kurt asks, how do you plan your content? What's a good way? How do you go about planning your content? Your, your YouTube video specifically is what Kurt was asking. And quite honestly, I think my, my best answer is simply having the plan is half the battle. Just have a plan. Create a calendar. In the media world, we created an editorial calendar, and you can create a content calendar. It's very helpful because it, it lets you know what the direction of your channel is going to be, at least your plan for that. And the, the great thing about it is you can always change it down the road. But if you know that we have Valentine's Day coming up, that you have something planned related to Valentine's Day that might be helpful to your audience, that might be interesting or educational or entertaining to your audience, but you need to plan ahead and maybe make that video a week in advance, and then it's released in time for Valentine's Day, you need to understand what is your workflow? How long does it take you to make a video? And how long do you need to know 
when that next opportunity is. And when you look through that calendar, look through the year, you'll find opportunities that you may not have thought about. And it's it's horrible when it's all too late. Like, wow, if, if I knew that was coming, I would have done a video on that. So having a content calendar, then honestly, you can decide, do I do one video a week or two videos a week as your workflow continues and gets better? But having that calendar keeps you on task. For example, I, I do a live show, my YouTube show uh, for Creative Entrepreneur Podcast. I do a live show, not so much for the live community on the channel, but just to keep, just get me there. For some reason, the Creative Entrepreneur channel, it's been around for so long, and I have gone without creating content over periods of time, and I'd flip the switch back on and do a few podcasts. And, and now, I mean, I'm up to about 500 shows over 12 years, but that really means I'm about, oh, maybe two plus years behind of missing shows that I never recorded. So I have a calendar. And on my calendar, it says noon Eastern Standard Time. I am live to answer questions for anybody who listens to the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast. It's a very similar kind of a thing. It, it helps you one plan that you're going to do it for you to show up knowing that there's a deadline. And three, also to plan what types of videos you're going to create. Because as you know, we often talk about how having the next video be a video that the people that their previous video who watched your previous video would enjoy. And it's a lot easier to do that if you can write it out on paper. Now, maybe as you're creating your videos, you go a little bit different direction. Once the data comes in and you see, oh, audiences like this type of video a little bit more than that type of video. So let me get the eraser out and change some things on some future video uploads. But at least you have a plan. And having the plan is quite often half the battle. I've been watching YouTubers upload their TubeBuddy or vidIQ milestones. I have 100 subs and they're praising God and they're all excited. Wow, it was so hard to get there and all that work. But here's the thing, and another thing we talk about a lot is, okay, now that you have 100, now you're eyeing 200, then 500, and 1,000. You're like, oh, it took me this long to get 100. Some people, it's a few days. Others, it's a few months. And now doing the math, you're like, oh, wow, this could be years before I get to where I want to go. And that, that is the answer. It is. It's going to take years. As I like to say quite often, there is no end game. What is the end game? Because when you get 100, you now want 1,000, 1,000 wants 10, and then 10 wants 100, and the silver play button's just not good enough. Once you've had it in your hands for a little while, now you want gold. And it never ends. So enjoying the journey at your pace. And again, I get a lot of people coming to my YouTube channel say, wow, all those uploads and you know, how far have you gotten? I said, well, a lot further than most. <laughs> I may be slower than some of my friends who already have their silver play button, and I'm still 97,000 away from that, but that, that's okay. I'm, I am much closer than all the people who quit, and so are you. So be okay. Yes, enjoy those milestones. When you hit 1,000, when you get monetized, when you hit 10,000, and when you hit a million views or uh, so many watch hours, yes, celebrate them 
and be good with where you are. But yes, there are some key milestones that do make a little bit of a difference, such as 100 subscribers, so you can create a custom URL, or a 1,000 subscribers. You, you actually unleash a whole list of things that can now happen, such as become monetized or having the community tab, among other things that are now available to you, other features that are now available to you once you hit that 1,000 mark. And having 10,000, a lot of features become available. Even 100,000, there are new opportunities and features that become available quite often as they're released. Now, that changes all the time. And so there are times where you may have 100,000, but there are no special features, but then they release a new feature and everybody with 100,000 has the opportunity to test it or maybe 10,000. So those things do apply. YouTube does pay attention to subscriber count because subscriber count, every, everyone is somebody saying yes to you. And that is important and you should be proud of that. If you have 500 people who've said yes to you, that's a pretty good thing to be proud of, and you can always take that with you. Josie asks, can I have more than one niche on my YouTube channel? And the quick answer is no, don't do it. Be hyper-focused. Now, if those niches, they work together in some way, in a way that the same audience would appreciate, it's possible. However, you're probably better off starting with the one and adding the other later after you test a few videos to see if that audience does appreciate that additional niche or splinter uh, off of your core content. It honestly, it really is important to consider multiple channels if you're going to talk about different things or create videos with different types of audiences, create a different channel. But of course, it's really hard to run one channel, let alone multiple channels. So focus in on one, one channel, one niche, and over time, as you're comfortable and understand your audience and your workflow, you can make good decisions. Dan asks a question that we often talk about, quite honestly, on this show, what are important metrics to consider? And it really does depend on your goals. I love looking at impressions and trying to improve the number of impressions. But the impression click-through rate is really important because out of getting all of those impressions, what percentage of people actually click on your video? And the higher, the better. And it's going to be higher in the beginning because most of the people who see your video are your home audience. And then it'll slowly, gradually go down as YouTube takes a chance on you and shows your videos to more people. So that's good. But also, click through rate and how long do people watch your videos, the average retention, because we wanna get as much watch time as possible. A new metric that I've really been high on lately is actually looking at comparable the first 24 hours of your video compared to other first 24 hours. I really feel like I can see the algorithm at work when I do that, when I compare multiple videos. And now YouTube actually, from the main analytics page of your YouTube channel in your YouTube studio, you can actually see multiple videos and how well they compare in those first 24 hours. So you can see the top five and the bottom five and many in between over specific 
periods of time. So after they released, and I did a show on the first 24-hour metric, the, it's the a few, few podcasts ago about the metric that changes your perspective. They hadn't released yet the ability to look at, at least it didn't seem like they had, the ability to see multiples. Um, if you just go to the individual videos, you can compare one video to that. So you'll have to keep comparing other videos but it's so enlightening and I find very helpful to help me decide what is the next video that my audience would appreciate most based on the type of traffic too that I am looking for, whether it is suggested or search. Lastly is a hot topic about the YouTube algorithm glitch that supposedly has been uncovered, especially related to the community tab and how that works. And honestly, yes, I think there's an element of truth to it in the sense of every opportunity for people to be engaged with your channel may be an opportunity for that person to be served one of your newest videos when it's released because they've engaged with your channel recently. Now, is this a glitch? I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't depend on these kinds of tricks and things like that because one they can be patched they'll be changed and once a video like this has gone viral it's it's probably just too late anyway but not necessarily because there are some elements of look anytime you can do something to connect with your youtube audience such as stories or working with the community tab if you have a thousand subscribers you can get engagement there yes more people can see your your videos, but also people who may engage with you by by answering questions or a poll that you might put out there. If people passively just engage with your polls, and I've seen this, I've had many more people or even an equal number of people engage with a poll that I put out there that watch my videos. Now, I have not done a study to see if I end up getting more views because of that, but I could see how at some level that could happen. But again, I don't know if this is something to be exploited other than the lesson, every opportunity that YouTube gives us to engage with our audience in some way, take advantage of it, do it, because every engagement could lead to the opportunity that they are served or more people are served your content because it seems like there are more people who have made note of you in some way within the YouTube ecosystem. Wow, I really do enjoy these question and answer podcasts. I don't do a lot of them, but maybe in a few months I'll do another one, especially if it looks like you folks enjoy these podcasts with the question and answer kind of multiple topic scenarios. But of course, I know you guys like to have guests and we ha- we do have a guest next week. If you're interested in sharing comments, head on over to the tubeblog.com. That's where this podcast is hosted. And of course, if you are part of a group, a Reddit subgroup or Facebook group or LinkedIn group who talks about YouTube and growing a YouTube channel, hey, would you please share the podcast with them? Let them know that this podcast is available to help them grow their YouTube channel. I'll talk to you next week. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com.